0: Apoptosis going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm
1: made of stardust and chemistry. Of stardust and chemistry. Welcome back to Cowboy Chemistry, where we talk about the wilder days of chemistry. We are back with part three of the Haberbosch process. Um, my guest is the same for the first two parts, uh, Selena Martinez, uh, head of official head of the Laugh Hub City here in Lubbock, and yeah.
0: How are you doing today? I'm good. I got my eggs from the goat lady, so I'm good. From the goat lady? They also have goats. So huh? They're mainly goat people but they also have eggs. Okay. And they They get their eggs from the Egg Man that I used to go to, so. So they don't have the chickens? No, they have chickens. An intermediary?
1: No, they also have chickens. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Do you eat the goats or is it like goat milk? No, they just, they don't even do goat milk or goat cheese or anything. They just have the goats.
1: Is this like a goat yoga thing? (laughs) Maybe. They probably make good money doing that. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they sell the goats for meat. That makes me sad. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: Um, they don't. They're pet goats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they probably do. I mean, I'm sure they do. I just didn't think about it. I was like, oh, they just, you know, have fun taking these goats and bringing children to pet them and things, right? Mm. No. They're for meat. That's okay. I mean, it's a small operation. They have a lot of land. The goats seem happy. I'm okay
1: with that. The goats have a good life. I yes, guess. it's more ethical than yeah, mass factory farming. Right. So. <laughs> they have a lot of space. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're gonna talk more about nitrogen fixing. Uh, where we left off, uh, World War One was about to start. So yeah, it's 1914. Uh, Germany's military leader, uh, and a lot of the German people just expected it to be a short war, and they had uh, a six-month supply of Chilean nitrate, um, which they thought was all plenty of time to win the war, right? So that's where we left off. Um, Haber, eager to serve his country, joined um, as a scientific advisor in the government, um, and... Of course, it was quickly clear that the war would be a lot longer than six months because, like, everyone was joining in. Um, Haber wrote to BASF um, to ask if they could start turning the ammonia that they were producing into nitric acid for gunpowder, TNT, nitroglycerin, you know, weapons. Yeah. (laughs) The official response was... Things that go boom. Things that go boom. Mm -hmm. The official response was that, that was impossible, <laughs> um, but Bosch was like, okay, I guess I can try to figure this out um, and how to how to do this. Um, Germany in the early months of the war vastly underestimated how much of their nitrate supply would be used by the war effort. Um, in November of 1914, they estimated that 29 kilotons of fixed nitrogen would last one year. Um, by the end of 1915, Germany was using that much in 10 weeks. <laughs> so they were they were going through it. Uh, in 1916, they were using that amount every five weeks. So it just kept yeah ramping up of how So much I want to know
0: like who did the original estimate? They were like, no, guys, we're good. We have enough. We're good. I mean, I don't
1: know.
0: He had to have been fired. I would hope. Like he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about must have been yeah I don't know
1: hopefully it wasn't Haber
0: <laughs> he's like you know what I'm a scientist I'm not a war man
1: yeah <laughs> well Haber definitely was a war man though. Uh, he was rearing to use his scientific knowledge for his country um, Germany bought up as much Chilean nitrate from neutral countries as they could, so anybody who was like not in the war was, of course, selling to both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, they captured um, thousands of tons from a warehouse in Belgium, so they're like... Captured. Yeah, like they invaded Belgium yeah. and they're like, this is mine now.
0: <laughs> Pillage and plunder is what we might also call it. Yes. <laughs>
1: The German government uh, first invented or first invested in other industrial process called like the uh, cyanamide process that used huge amounts of electricity to react nitrogen gas and calcium carbide, and that formed calcium uh, cy- cyanam cyanamide cyanamide cyanamide. Cyanamid. That's it. <laughs> and uh, what does this calcium cyanamide do? So it's basically another uh, form of fixed nitrogen, um, that could be converted into nitric acid. Okay. So it's just another way to get to nitric acid. Uh-huh. Um, and Haber wanted the government to use BASF's Haber-Bosch process because he could make money. Right. Um, but also because it required less manpower, um, but news because he was going to make money. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... So the biggest issue was trying to turn the uh, ammonia that was produced by the haber bosch process into nitric acid. There was one patent from our friend Wilhelm Oswald from part one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him. Yes. Uh, it's been a few weeks now. <laughs> the guy As we're in, recording.
0: Uh, he was the one, like, he kept... He could make it, but then he could, like, his uh, results couldn't be duplicated.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, he thought he was making ammonia, but it was just contamination. Yeah. That's essentially it. But he also had a patent that used platinum as a catalyst to uh, turn ammonia into nitric acid. But there's not that much platinum. Exactly. And it's expensive. Exactly. So they had the same problem that they had with their osmium from part two. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so Bosch and Mitosh, the guys that were trying to find the catalyst for the Haber-Bosch process, uh, also tried to do another catalyst for this. Um. So but after you know after a while they figured out that they could use iron mixed with bismuth and that converted the ammonia to nitric acid um, but then they were like wait why are we doing all that we can just convert what we already have the ammonia into sodium nitrate and sodium nitrate is the same thing as Chilean nitrate so the natural stuff they already had and the government already had infrastructure to turn that into the gunpowder and nitric acid. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, we'll just do this then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So with Haber's recommendation and Bosch's promise um, to convert the Opal plant to produce 5,000 tons of sodium nitrate a week, which is a lot, <laughs> um, the German government contracted BASF. ASF. Um, with the new influx of money, Bosch built an even bigger ammonium reactor that was 40 feet tall, um and by may of 1915 opal plant made 150 tons of nitrate a day um which germany needed to continue fighting world war one as the british uh, forces had completely um took in control of the south american nitrate trade because of course they have the navy right yeah. germany doesn't have a navy yeah. <laughs> so BASF and hop ha- and the haberbosch process became like a matter of national pride um, and like wealthy and powerful German citizens would like tour the opal plant and <laughs> be like, it was like a prom- promotional <laughs> <That's funny>. tool. <laughs> They're like, ooh, look at the science. Um, yeah, and I'm sure it was like a way to do you be- think
0: it like, it had to have smelled in that building, right?
1: Oh, yeah, ammonia smells awful. Why right? would
0: you want? You're like, this is the pride of Germany. It smells like farts. Like so, it would smell like dead
1: fish. Like it would smell like oh, a fish market. That's worse. Yeah. No, it's not even fart. Like it's, um, like yeah, anything like that smells awful. Usually, like, <laughs> we had somebody spill an entire bottle of of um, it wasn't nitrate, but it was another emo like a another uh, amine compound, and mm-hmm. they all smell like fish. Mm-hmm. And to our entire hallway and elevator smelled like it. And oh, nobody God. would own up to having spilled it. <laughs> And I'm like, I mean, fair, but also, just <laughs> who was it? it? Do something. <laughs> I don't know what they could have done. I, can't but I just wanted someone to be mad at. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the thing
0: that we use at the hospital, which is not like people don't have. Is the smell is not that bad, but sometimes they'll have like C. diff or they'll have like a really bad bacterial infection or something. So they just use um, like peppermint uh, essential oil. Really? Yeah. To, so, like, mask the yeah, smell? Yeah, just, like, in a little spray bottle to kind of help. Hmm. It helps. I mean, you can still kind of smell it a little bit underneath, but I think that's just because, like, you get used to the smell. Mm-hmm. Like, you you get used to associating the peppermint smell with the other horrible body smells. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet C. diff is bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: It's Um, like a very, like, every nurse knows when their patient has C. diff because the smell is so distinctive. Oh, really? It's got a distinct smell? Yeah. I never even thought of it having a smell. Yeah, I mean, as compared to, like, because I smell a lot of other poop, you know? (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of like, like, I know if, which my dogs don't poop inside a lot, but when they do, I know which one did it. Because they smell different. Oh. So I imagine that's what it's like to be a nurse. (laughs) It's like, you
1: know uh, what kind of poop it is. Alright, fair enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, organic chemists have the same thing, but like with chemicals, so like we, mm-hmm. we can like smell it and be like, that's an amine, or yeah. that's an ether, so I guess it's an equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, nurses have far less pleasant odor, though, I'm sorry. I'm no, <laughs> sorry. Exactly. You, you, they have to deal with so much. <laughs>
0: yeah. And they're, like, totally chill about it, just, like, washing the poop off their arms. I was like, I would throw up. I would throw up mm-hmm. if I had poop on my arms. Human poop. That's not even mine. Even if it was mine, I think I would still throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially if, Yeah. Ugh. Sounds awful. <laughs> okay. But, um... That's yeah. the poop corner. Okay. That's the poop corner. We're gonna get back to <laughs> warfare. <laughs> Um, World War One was full of changes in uh, the method of warfare, right? So like World War one is the first uh, trenches yes, trenches, but they're also the first war that used planes to drop bombs. okay um, and one of the major targets for French bombers were actually was actually the plant at Opau um so because like France knew that that's where they were getting some of this stuff from. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really close to the French border, too. So if you, like, look where opau is, it's, it's, like, right across the border. Um, and so the first air bombings of the plant was on May 27th of 1915. Um, planes made um, of canvas and wood dropped small bombs on the- on the plant. So, like, the the planes were made out of wood. (laughs) And they're dropping a bomb
0: that's going to result in flames that might catch your plane on fire? Uh, yeah. (laughs) That doesn't seem like- I mean, I guess when you're, like, at war, your last concern is, like, the safety of one particular dude.
1: Yeah, I mean- yeah, but the other thing was, like, there was no, um, air defenses at this point, right? Because no one had ever been, like, bombed by plane before. So, like, as long as you don't catch on fire from your own bomb, it's actually pretty safe because nothing else can reach you. <laughs> okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the first bombing didn't really do much. Um, I don't know if they just didn't, couldn't, like, aim well or, like, what the problem was, but they, they only they did the minor damage. Lawn. Huh? They hit the parking lot. They hit the parking lot. Um, I'm assuming... Yeah, Uh, but they did, like, repeated minor damage, um, and the government wanted another plant um, that was, like, more inland into Germany for better protection, and so they, like... But is it going to protect that much if they're in the sky? Well, so, like, I mean, the further in you have to go, right? Like, if something goes, like, you know, because they still had, like, machine guns and stuff. You know, yeah. but this plant didn't have any air defenses. So like, but but by the time that people were starting to drop bombs, they were like, okay, well now we need air defenses. Yeah. And so the idea was to build another plant twice the size of Opal, um, and so they loaned uh, BASF uh, a million marks, which I translated into modern American money, and it was only two hundred and six thousand dollars in American money, it's not like a lot present of money, day American money. Um, And so they, but they wanted the the plant built in Leipzig um, in a small town, or near Leipzig in a small town called Leuna. Um, Do these, um, do these plants give
0: off like some kind of radiation or does the chemical runoff from the plant like destroy the water? I have to assume that these plants are not good for the environment.
1: Well, so they don't give off radiation. There's no radiation. Right. Um, But I mean, there has,
0: there's something gross coming out of that thing.
1: Well, so, nitrates themselves cause a lot of problems, mm-hmm. so, and we'll get into that towards the end of what okay. the problems those caused. cause, um, yeah, environmentally, the, the Haber-Bosch process has been kind of a nightmare, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure how bad it was in the immediate, though, Okay. so, cause it's more of a problem in the long term, um, so, two and a half miles of what had been farmland was purchased and turned into a construction site. Um, some were experienced, like, they hired new people, some were experienced PSF workers, um, but half of the men um, that originally worked there were, were sent to the army, so they had to fill the vacancies with, uh, they filled it with soldiers, uh, POWs, Belgian civilians, wow. and women. So, okay. all their original workers are replaced by, you know... Just randoms. Random people. Just random <laughs> people. <laughs> the plant was built in less than a year. At opening, it made 36,000 tons of nitrate um, and 160 tons by the end of World War I. Um, Leuna's plant assured BASF's position in German society and government. So, like, this was, like, one of the first, like, meshings of... German industry, German government, because, like, we won't get into it here, but, like, especially once you hit World War II, I mean, it's all meshed together. Yeah. So this is where all of that really starts. Um, historians estimate that World War I would have been at least one year shorter, possibly two if the Haber-Bosch process had not existed. Um, Germany ends up mainly losing the war because of the British blockade and the US joining the war. Mm-hmm. So like. It was kind of a stalemate, especially until the US entered the war. Um, and once France was reconquered by the US, Germany's allies all started surrendering. So by spring uh, of 1918, um, or sorry, they started surrendering in spring of 1918, and by fall, um, everyone in Germany was really tired of war. <laughs> like, there was nobody who wanted to do it anymore. Um, the Kaiser ends up advocating and fled to Holland. <laughs> so he's like, course. I'm out. <laughs> um, and so on November 9th of 1918 Germany officially surrenders. Um, now that the war was over the German government was almost non existent. There were factions fighting over power. Um, and it was no secret that German, uh, like Germany's chemical industry was far ahead of like literally everyone else. Because German... they had to. They had to, but also, I mean, German... Like, when you think of chemistry, like, a lot of basic chemistry was invented by Germans. A lot of physics and chemistry were all
0: Germans. But because they had to, right? Because they had, like... Because they can't really grow things there because they don't have good conditions, so they had to figure out how they could. Yes. And they don't have, like... They don't have the ocean or, like, the beach or anything as, like, a resource. So they had to figure out how to... Like, level the playing field
1: somehow. Yes. And that's that's really true of the Haber-Bosch process, but I just mean, like, science in general. Like, the foundations of what make modern chemistry and physics, Mm -hmm. almost all of it comes from a German person. Like, if you go through, like, the list of people, like, if you think about, like, Einstein, uh, Max Planck. Einstein's wife. Maybe. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's a conspiracy not it. confirmed.
0: <laughs> I believe it. And birds are not real. They're from the government. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Liza Meitner, like, mm-hmm. every, every, a lot of famous people that come up with all of this stuff is all German. Like, a lot of Germans, they discovered a lot of elements, like, so much. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, Germany and France, like they <laughs> they were they were the ones on it. Um, a little bit of um, Norway, because mm-hmm. because Bor uh, was in, I think he was in Norway. I think that was right. But anyway, Bor, wherever Bohr was, <laughs> so, um, where was I? The war is
0: over. The war is over. Um, they don't have a government. Their factions fighting over power.
1: Yes. And so the allied nations uh, really wanted to get after the German chemical industry. Um, They wanted to learn all their secrets. Um, And Germany was occupied up to the Rhine River by the French. So, um, and that included two of BASF's factories, including the Opal plant. Okay. Yeah. Um, So they didn't get Leuna, but they got Opal. Before the French arrived at the plant, Bosch had as much of the inventory of BASF moved to the other side of the Rhine. So they're just, like, moving <laughs> things across this river. He says, no, this is mine. Um, he doesn't want to share. He doesn't want to share. Uh, however, the French still managed to confiscate almost uh, a million marks worth of dyes. So, again, uh, BASF was originally a dye company, yeah. so they're like, all of this is ours now. Yeah. Um and then Bosch also shut everything down at the Opal plant, telling the French that there was a shortage of coal, which was true. Um, but really, he just didn't want them to steal the technology. So uh-huh. he didn't want to turn anything on. He's like, there's a shortage of coal. I can't turn it on. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, and I guess there were lawyers involved. So, like, have had lawyers. So that's like, okay,
0: so that's like whenever... Um, they tell you at night that the ice cream machine isn't working anymore, even though they just cleaned it, and they just don't want to have to clean it again.
1: Yes. yes. 100%. Okay. 100%.
0: McDonald's. I gotcha.
1: Um, but, yeah. BASF had lawyers on hand, which I think is really funny, because, like, you're being occupied by a military force, and you have lawyers arguing for you, but what... You know, like, why yeah. Why did they listen to lawyers? Just right. <laughs> But whatever. Um, because who's going to hold these people accountable? Like, Right. I mean, like... Who's going to
0: hear the lawyers out if you're not, if they don't have any power?
1: Exactly. There's no German
0: government. Yeah, there's,
1: there's no German government Right now, the Kaiser's, like... The Kaiser left. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And nobody's like, oh, no, Germany, they should get a fair chance. Everybody's like, no, Germany at this point can, you know, suck a nut.
1: Oh, yeah, no, they were gunning for Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... But, yeah, the, the lawyers were arguing that Bosch had the right to keep the plant closed, um... And the French, of course, were trying to force ba- Bosch to turn on the plant, you know, mm-hmm. so they could see how it worked. Um, the terms of peace that Germ- the German government agreed to was that the occupying forces were allowed to ask about the raw materials and products of Germany, but not the technology that turned one into the other. Okay, Again so no pressure cooker. I don't know why it seems very arbitrary. It's <laughs> like, whatever. Um, the French and the um, British considered the Opau plant a munitions plant. So, like, they were basically saying it was part of the military-industrial complex of Germany. Uh-huh. Um, and they were determined to dismantle anything that Germany used as part of their military. Like, they were trying to strip Germany of all their military, so they were trying to count Opau as part of that. Yeah. Um, the French examined everything at OPAW um, and set up a military base there. Um, Some of the people that were examining the machines were chemists and engineers in private industry because they were trying to steal the technology. Uh Um, The plant, they just had the plant making dye, and then the French um, would inspect and test everything. They gathered samples, tested everything, measured all the equipments, um, but like the employees would just like stop working when the French inspectors came. So. Any machine that was they all go on
0: their smoke break.
1: Yeah, they're all they all dip Um, so that yeah (laughs) because any machine that was in operation turned off, and the workers just um, stared at the inspectors until they left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then they would like do anything they could to like keep them from getting to important things. So Mm -hmm. they would hide ladders and in one case a, a complete set of stairs, which I'm like how do you how do you hide the stairs? You have to take them apart, I would assume. Yeah, like, did you take them Unless apart? like, retractable stairs. What Were they stair on wheels? Because, you- <laughs> like, they said ladders, and then in... And this was very specific, because they said ladders, and then one set of stairs. Like, one specific time, it was a set of stairs.
0: Where did they put
1: it? Maybe it's, like, in <laughs> Harry Potter, where the staircases move? Yes. That would be very convenient for them, though. <laughs> Just, like, ask the plant to, like, move the stairs yeah. to take them to random yeah. places. <laughs> Um, But their room of requirement is like, "Mm,
0: none of these machines work.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Um, Oh, and they would black out the gauges on the instruments. So any pressure gauges or anything, they'd black them out so nobody could read them. Mm -hmm. Which, to me, seems horribly dangerous. (laughs) Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, but if
0: you already know they're off, they're not running.
1: That's fair. I guess... Why black out the gauges if they're not running? That was the only thing I don't know.
0: Just run. so you can't see like the range of the pressure on there, because if you can see the range of the pressure, then mm-hmm. I'm sure you know like how much pressure you should apply and how much pressure is too much. Because I'm assuming like in the little where it's too right, much, there's it like would a be red, red zone. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair. That might be that. That might be it. Um, but yeah, so Bosch really was trying to like keep his workers employed um, while keeping the Haber Bosch process a secret, right? So because like um, he still wanted to give people a paycheck, which is uh-huh. A good thing, you know. Um, so they continued making dyes, um, and that was like their major thing for this time period, you know, Right. to keep it all running. Um, so, you know, again, uh, the US and Britain are now trying to replicate it, but failed the Haber-Bosch, replicating the Haber-Bosch process. Um, and when the French failed at getting any more information out of Opal, the British stepped in. So they sent researchers from a British chemical company called Mond. Um, and they had no more success at getting any information out of the plant and its workers. Um, they tried to get, like, the French occupying forces to make them comply, like, literally just Uh force them to do it, but the French didn't want to deal with the, um, unrest that would happen. They were like, Mm -hmm. everyone's just gonna... Like rebel against us, yeah. and I don't. They don't want to do that. Deal with that. Like we just did a war. We don't want to also deal with whatever these people are gonna do. Exactly. And like if they shut down the factory, then that put all the local residents out of work. Um, and so like the British just these, like these people already have nothing to lose. Exactly. So don't also take away their job. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so when the British fr- or when the British were leaving, um, they only had notes and sketches. Um, but even that was stolen. I guess somebody somebody cut the bottom out of their wagon that they were in and stole all the notes so that they had to. <laughs> so they, they gave their report to the British government from memory. <laughs> somebody stole like could drilled a hole in the bottom. That's
0: where, like some wily coyote stuff right there. That's like right. a cartoon, bro.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, who and who did this? Like, was this a worker? <laughs> was Bosch like, hey, by the way, go, go over there, get that, get those notes back. Um, go under
0: the cart. And then cut the hole.
1: <laughs> like, who, who was doing this? But uh, whoever it was, iconic. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bosch was made a representative for German industry at the peace negotiations at Versailles. Um, those were held in March of 1919. Um, he and all the other German representatives were put into perspe- protective custody in a hotel um, when they arrived. Um, but protected custody is prison. They were prisoners. Okay. <laughs> so they had That's um, usually what it is. Yeah. They had a curfew. Um, you know, entrances and exits were all guarded and the entire place was surrounded by barbed wire. Um, we're all safe. Very safe. Very safe. Um, and when the talks began, it became clear that they were not negotiating but had to accept whatever the Allies decided, right? Like Germany was going to take whatever they were given. Um, but, I mean, they don't really have, like, a leg to stand on. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, you know, because, like... are arms of government, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, the French wanted destruction of all German munition factories, or facilities, from the um, factories that made guns and bombs to the plants that made the raw material, which would include Opal and Leuna. mm mm-hmm. um, they also wanted a large amount of money in reparations to ensure Germany remained economically hindered for decades, which um, they were. Which they were. Um, a lot of people argue that is kind of what directly led into World War II. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bosch argued that the Allies needed the dyes and fertilizer plant as much as Germany to ensure that they could feed people. Um, He also made a point of how Germany would be able to pay, like, how would Germany be able to repay the reparations if their entire industry was dismantled, right? Like, even the raw material. Like, how how are we supposed to pay back if we don't have any industry anymore? Um, But this was all ignored by the Allies. (laughs) They were like, no. Like, I don't Uh, know figure it out. So Bosch decides that he needs to make a secret deal to ensure the survival of BASF. Um, So he sneaks out of the hotel at night. Slipping past the guards and climbing over uh, over the barbed wire fence. Over the barbed wire fence, yeah, to secretly meet with a representative of the French chemical industry. So he sneaks out of this armed hotel and goes and meets a guy probably at you know a pub somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or what you know, um, some somewhere maybe in. a brothel. Make it spicy. Make you know? it spicy. Um, I don't feel like Bosch would go to a brothel. <laughs> no, not even if his
0: life depended on it. He's a
1: lot less cool than I thought he was. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> none of none of them seem particularly cool to me. Sometimes I don't know. I guess Bosch is probably the coolest. He did sneak. He did like climb over the barbie. He's yeah. definitely the coolest. That's a baller move. I like that. Yeah. Um. But what? he meets with the chemistry representative yes. from France and. Uh, he offered the chance for, uh, France to build a Haberbosch plant, um, if Opao and Leuna would remain open. So they're like, he's like, I'll give you the technology to build a plant if I can keep my plants, uh you know. Um, and the French government, um, is given, like, the exclusive rights, the Haberbosch process, right? So nobody else gets it. Um... And they would also have access to any improvements made for the next 15 years. So if they make any improvements to the process, France gets that too. Okay. Um, BASF got 5 million francs. Um, Bosch asked for 50 million, but he did not get it. Um, plus a royalty on every ton they produced. Um, and they got to keep Opal and Leuna open. So mm-hmm. this is the deal they make, um, which I'm surprised. It's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal considering it was, you know, nothing. You were get nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they gave him the 5 million francs. I would have been like, you get to keep your factories. Right. I give you That's nothing. Thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. With this, Bosch officially became the head of the company. So, you know, their, their previous head of the company had died um, and they didn't replace him. But Bosch is now officially the head of the company. Um, the French forces left Germany um, and Bosch started up Opel again at full capacity. Um, fertilizer was in heavy demand post-war, um, and with the Allies shutting down any military assets, the BASF plant was heavily monitored to make sure that they weren't making any explosives or, or mm. gun, um, uh, you know, any ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, public sentiment at the time was that the, in the Allied powers, um, where they wanted to shut down the plant because it could so easily be adapted for weapons use, um, so there was a com- call for like a complete chemical dismar- disarmament, like just. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, they made the secret deal, so <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen. That um, BASF and Bosch in 1919 and 1920 also had to deal with labor rights and strikes um, from the workers. Bosch really only cared about efficiency, and while he tried to like be good to his workers, he also demanded long hours. And the work was dangerous. So, like, 49 people had died, and thousands had been injured in that time Uh over two years, which is a lot. Um, There were fights between workers and Bosch over the early 1920s over working conditions. um, And then there was even a 10-day battle between police and the workers of Leuna that resulted in the death of, like, 30 workers. Jesus. Um, After that, Bosch fired every worker at the plant and rehired them one by one. then about a one year later, um, <laughs> on September twenty first, nineteen twenty one, the Opal plant exploded. Um, Do even, they know why? Yes, okay. They, they, they figured it out later. Even miles away, people felt the ground shake as if there was an earthquake. Like this was one of the biggest explosions of all, like of all time. Oh, like Jesus. not not counting nuclear. Uh-huh. Um, this was one of the biggest explosions of all time. Um, where the plant was, was now a crater 300 feet across and 60 feet deep. Jesus, the nearby housing had all the windows busted out and the roofs were gone. Um, this was one of the worst industrial accidents ever. It killed 500 to 600 people and injured 2,000 more. Oh my god, um, all of which were like workers and their family because that's who lived around the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, after an investigation, it was determined that the storage of large amounts of fertilizer in a silo was what caused the explosion. The fertilizer absorbed water from the air and like, solidified into a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so to break up the rock, the workers would use a small explosive to break up the rock. Um, and this, thought was, this, this was thought to be safe and had been done for years without issue. Um, however, Bosch decided to mix some sodium nitrate into the fertilizer. So like, the fertilizer itself wasn't explosive, but when you mix sodium nitrate in there, mm-hmm. it becomes very explosive. <laughs> um, is there still sodium nitrate in fertilizer? So, so sodium nitrate is a fertilizer,
0: um, mm-hmm. but in the like in the fertilizer that you might buy from the store, would there be that in there? Probably. Yes. Um, isn't that how?
1: Um, isn't that the Kansas City bombing guy? I don't know what Kansas City bombing did, but but yes, like, if you buy large amounts of fertilizer, you the, government, the, the government's yeah. gonna come check out what you're doing yeah. with that large amount of fertilizer, because, yes, um, yeah, because there is a lot of nitrates in fertilizer. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's specifically sodium nitrate, but there is nitrate in fertilizer. Um, yeah, so, like... Yeah, Bosch is like, mixing in this sodium nitrate into uh-huh. um, his fertilizer pile, um, and when the portion of that sodium nitrate gets too high, it explodes. Um, and with this information, of course, Bosch blamed himself uh, for, for this explosion. Um, and from here on, he was like, yeah. What? I
0: mean, I feel like it is kind of his fault. Yes. No, it is absolutely his fault.
1: Um, I mean, yes, it was an accident, but also...
0: You know that they use small explosives to break up these rocks, and you're putting more explosives into it? Yes. What did you think was going to happen? Yes. Um,
1: yeah. And after this, he starts drinking heavily. Um, and he, like, stopped working at BASF for a while, um, while other people were, like, rebuilding it. Um, by the summer of 1922, he returned to BASF, um, but, like, continu- like he was, like, a heavy drinker after this. Um... His colleagues noted that he barely spoke unless necessary and that he was completely withdrawn. Um, He went to work and went home and that was it. Which, yeah,
0: I mean... It's good that he feels some guilt, but also, like,
1: jail. You could go to jail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a hard one because, like, I don't know. Like, they had done this for a while, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one to to yeah. moralize about to moralize yeah. about in my opinion because like it was an accident like people you know like he again they've done this for years and I don't know yeah like, it's a just... but I mean sometimes people get in car
0: accidents and they end up going to jail right it'd be manslaughter like nurses yeah. and stuff you know mm-hmm. um he's sad he's sad <laughs> he's living a depression where he just goes to work and goes home and drinks and that sounds like I don't do that but I know people like that yes um, I think that have done else. way less worse things. Like, yes, Their um, accident was maybe like they got a DUI once, and this guy like killed hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. He's responsible for. It. He didn't kill them, but he's responsible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Bosh. Bosch is a really the b- people that I know that do that. It's just like their parents divorced when they were younger, and they never got over it. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, like, in comparison, I'm like, okay, you can get over this. You're going to be fine. This guy killed, uh, like, hundreds of people, injured thousands more. Yeah. You're just sad because your daddy went away one day. Like, it's fine. You're going to be
1: okay. Yes. Um, you you haven't done anything wrong. You can make it through this. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. I, I feel very conflicted about this, too, because, like, I know a lot about Bosch's life from me looking up more mm-hmm. about him. And, like even after this, like, he does, like, during World War Two, like, he is one of the people that helped save Liza Meitner. Mm-hmm. So, like, he goes out of his way to, like, hide to her, her escape. Country. Oh, okay. You know, like, he's not a bad person, in my opinion. Like, he... Right, but you know also, I mean? like,
0: the, the I'm reason saying... I'm sure that he was putting this sodium nitrate, you said, yeah, into the fertilizer was probably to make more money. And that's always where these kinds of, like, accidents happen and they become justified or at least they escape prosecution is because if you do it in the pursuit of more money you're considered like then that's okay.
1: Yeah. And I mean in this time too like in Germany there is no such thing as workers rights. Right? Like if there's an industrial right. accident you die. Yeah. Like that's maybe your family gets a pension. Like maybe they'll get your pension they're lucky. But like you know you're not going to get sued, like, there's no such thing as, like, a lawsuit, like, a worker's right. lawsuit, workman's comp, like, that's not a thing in this time period at all. I mean, you know, um, this is in the, is in the days of, like, just horrible abuses of power when it yeah. comes to your management. Cause, is like, this
0: also around the same time as, like, the, um, the
1: Radium Girls? No, Radium Girls is much later. Oh, okay. I mean, much later, you know, probably a decade or two later. Okay. Um, but it's still that same
0: era where it's like we don't really care about your well-being. Yes, um, which is still like still pretty true today. But we have some rights. Yeah, yeah.
1: We have definitely more rights than anybody in this time period had yeah. as far as workers' rights. Because um, yeah, like, um, and I kind of omitted all of this from from my script. But th- he also did this thing like before he fired everybody, he did this thing called um, scientific management. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. So essentially the idea is that you are as efficient as possible with your workers. And so you would hire managers to like see where your workers were like most efficient, you know, and where things people were losing time. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course that led to people being followed to the bathroom and like their bathroom breaks being timed. And yeah, this sounds like Amazon, dude. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very much like very Amazon and like Henry Ford does the same thing. Like, so this is actually a very American thing. So, like, a lot of the Henry, like, Henry Ford was a big guy who was into scientific management. Well,
0: yeah, because we can't have slaves anymore. So, we have to figure out how to turn ordinary people into
1: slaves. Oh, yeah. But not let them think that they're slaves. Yeah, because, like, Ford, too, he had, like, a a morality clause to his employment. So, like, if you didn't go to church or if you drank too much Uh or if you were sleeping around on your wife or anything like that, like, he would know about it. There's no way he wasn't sleeping around on his wife. I mean, probably.
0: I don't know. I just assume all of these men were huge sluts.
1: Yeah, uh, Henry Ford was also, like, real, like, close with Hitler, so, like... Um, not, like, a good dude. Like Not, not like, a, a good ch- guy. guy. Um, like, I feel like, to a certain degree, Bosch is better than Henry Ford, in that, like, he was doing this... Like for efficiency, because he had no he had no people skills. like he mm-hmm. wasn't trying to be a jerk. He just like had zero people skills mm-hmm. and he's like, "How do I make my plant great? you know, like not how yeah. do I make my workers happy? like he wasn't thinking that way right. Um, you know, and he just, like I said had horrible people skills. like if, if anybody you can you like that knew Bosch, he was just like a very awkward man mm-hmm. and like was just like didn't know what to do. Whereas I feel like Henry Ford was, like, actively uh, malicious. Do you think he was maybe, like, autistic or something? (laughs) I mean, I have a hard time, like, assigning that to people, you know? Especially especially in the past, but... Yeah. Um, I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, like, I don't know.
0: Also, a lot of times these, like, really, um... These really efficient, really intelligent kind of people, they don't... They're not good at social things, like, um like jeff bezos he doesn't like music jeff bezos doesn't like music yeah like at all
1: like oh he doesn't enjoy
0: music which is like that's not human that's yeah. not even like an earthling because even dogs like music like plants mm-hmm. like music yes
1: like <laughs> everything on so this weird. planet
0: enjoys music except jeff bezos which is why i think he's an alien but that's a different story for another day is this another um, um like birds aren't
1: real situation
0: no, he genuinely doesn't like music, but I no, think that's No, I just mean that it's a conspiracy. Freak. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just <laughs> conspiracy. Is, but also, even I mean, it's possible he is an alien fucking freak. But um, yeah, and like uh, Zuckerberg too. Like, mm-hmm. not I'm not comparing that. Like, I'm sure they're they're not nearly as smart, but they created something. They created an industry, but they're not really. Like, the whole point of Facebook is to, like, keep in touch with people and to be, like, a community thing. And he's not real good at talking to people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's they not, even, that's not even what skills. Facebook was originally for. Facebook right. was originally for rating women. women. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like they're, like, even worse than Bosch in that sense of, like, they very much, like, a lot of these modern robber barons, for <laughs> lack of a better uh-huh. term, <laughs> um are very almost malicious towards people. Whereas I feel like a lot of like, like Bosch, from what I understand of him, he was just very, like just didn't get out of people. Yeah. You know, where I, I, I don't know. Personally, I feel like the, cause like, uh, what's his face? Elon Musk literally took a plane for, a, for like a 30 mile ride. Yeah. Like he could have drove that in less than an hour, but he took a private jet instead. Right. Like, you know, like that's malicious. Deliciously yeah. awful. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know. I just feel like it's... Uh, I don't want to, like, defend him. But, again. I mean, but if he was here I'm today, saying? I'm
0: sure he would be like that. Because I also think it's, like... I don't know. I do think there is, like, a decline in, like... I guess what I would call just, like, honor. Mm-hmm. And I think people just don't have that anymore. Like, they don't have integrity. Oh, that... Yeah, a lot of people have
1: lack of integrity. Lack of yeah. a spine. <laughs> and just the
0: fact that he even feels guilty... Shows that he has some kind of integrity.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, and then I, I feel like that's the difference. And he's also, is, like, is I think he's also mostly, driv- like, he's driven
0: more by the science than he is by the money. The money plays yes. a big part of it, but the science to him is, is what seems like it's more important.
1: Yes, I would say, like, the science and, like trying to run a good business are, like, the two things that drive Bosch. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, Haber, I think, is a little bit more driven to for, by money and, like, nationalism. Yeah. But Bosch, like, he's, he tries to be good to his workers. He just doesn't know what that means. Right. Because, his, you no, know, like, he tries to pay them and have, give them a good job when they want, you know, less hours and a safer work environment, right? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't understand what they wanted from him. Like, like, they had tried to have meetings, and he couldn't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he just was really bad He's at like, it.
0: I don't get it. Aren't you guys having a good time? Don't we love science?
1: Aren't we doing making the best company in the world? <laughs> um, and they're like, we hate our job. Like, please fix this they're for They're like, us. yes, but also, look
0: at my hand. You can't. It burned off in your factory. I have no more fingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. That, it's just a difference to me. I don't know. Because, like, to me, too, like, anybody who, like, stands for a thing that is like, driven by a purpose Uh is better than someone who's, like, just purely driven by money or something. Right, yeah. And so that's why I see the big difference here, in my opinion, you know, I don't know. I mean, having a good company
0: is also about, like, making good money and having a good business, but I do think his main thing is just, like, he wants to do the science. Yes. And he wants to do it better than everyone else. Yes. So, so I can, I mean, I can have some, some respect for that. Yeah. Um. I think you need to care about people more than
1: you need to care about anything else. Yes. But, I mean, I think he learned that lesson the hard way. Uh, and I'm, I am surprised he didn't go to jail over it, though. <laughs> like, that is wild. Um, like, he destroyed a whole town and didn't go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in fact, he, like, only gets more he famous. he was just like, mm, <laughs> my bad. Um, <laughs> he only gets more famous, which is wild. Um... But yeah, the same year that Berlin, uh, so that same year of of the explosion, Berlin announced that it could no longer pay the war reparations um, to the Allies, and France decided to come back and occupy again. So, like, Berlin's like, we have no money to give you, and France is like, well, we're occupying you again then. (laughs) Um, So they strip everything from the Opal plant, steel, glass, iron, fertilizer, and they ship, ship it back to, like, just to rebuild, like, destroyed houses in France, um, which, like, fair. Um, Bosch, of course, um, powered down everything again, refused to cooperate with the French, and, um, he was actually tried in absentia for, he's like, not- trying to take his ball and go home is what he's trying to do. <laughs> said,
0: this is mine. You can't have it.
1: Yes. Um, but yeah, he was tried in, absetia, in absentia for, like, not cooperating. Um, and he was found guilty and sentenced to eight years, mm-hmm. um, along with like other directors of BASF. But they all just like refused to surrender themselves and laid low <laughs> until so the like.
0: No, we're not gonna go. Yeah, until the end of
1: 1924. So like, I think that's about two years where they like, were <laughs> just like, no, I'm not going to jail. Um, which is wild. Like you're yeah. you're, you're you are in an occupied country. You How were did a you a criminal? Abs- how did you manage to avoid them for two whole? years? I don't know. Like, they're famous. <laughs>
0: they just like stayed home. They're like, I don't know.
1: Um, but yeah, and so they, the, the French French like, people come to the door. Yeah, I don't know. He's not here. Um, they close the door. Put like he she jumps out the. window. I was gonna say he puts on a fake mustache, but he has a mustache. <laughs> so I was like, maybe She shaves, shaves the mustache. <laughs> shaves the mustache. Um, takes off his glasses. It's like a Clark Kent situation. Just reverse. Um... <laughs> um but yeah the french go home after they strip everything of value they can find they just like raid the place and then (laughs) leave um with the french gone uh they start up the ammonia plant again um so now like two-thirds of the income of basf um is um ammonia production the technology was no longer novel because france had it had their own plant um, and the British were actually in discussions to license the technology from BASF as well. Um, but the British actually got the information through some, um, they're called Al- Al- Alsatian, which is a region in France. They called them Al- 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 Alsatians. Okay. Um, from Alsops. Uh Yes, um, which I had to look it up because they just called it that which is a, but it's a region in France, and I was, like, very confused, because I was, like, is this a country? Where, who are these people? Like, where are they from? But anyway, um, the engineers were just known as K and A, so they, like, never give their full name, because what they're doing is technically illegal. Um, but they step up claiming to have stolen information about the Opal and Leuna plants, and that they were willing to sell it instead. So they're gonna, they were, like, Hey, like you can license it from BASF, or you could buy these stolen plans from us, uh-huh. um, and we'll be much cheaper. <laughs> so, by Christmas of 1923, the British had their own Haberbosch plant um, and engineers to show them how to make ammonia. So, like, or er, so the British had their own Haberbosch process. Sorry, the British had their own Haberbosch um, plant. Um and BASF got no money from that because they bought it from K and A. Um, an American company, DuPont, which most people know DuPont, uh-huh. um, also was getting um German chemists and engineers to come over and show them how to make ammonia too. Uh-huh. Because of course Germany's economy was in the pits so like Amer- Americans could get paid they could pay them a lot more. Yeah. Um, so they were just like, Hey, just come over here and we'll uh we'll pay you good. And teach us how to make
0: ammonia. <laughs> we'll drink beer, you'll make ammonia, we're gonna have a good time. Yes. Um,
1: you won't have to burn money to so stay warm, because that's very much how it was. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, inflation gets really bad in this time period uh, for Germany. Um, yeah. So... But yeah, this is kind of where I have the story ending for now. Um, Like, the stories of Haber and Bosch like, move away from the Haber-Bosch process, um, um, and honestly, they kind of, like, deserve their own episodes, because, like, they both do their own, Uh things past this, um, and, uh, BASF ends up merging into a conglomerate called IG Farben, I don't know if you've heard of that, um, IG Farben is no longer a thing, but basically IG Farben was uh, a big conglomerate of all of German chemical industry. Um, yeah, we talked about that last week. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like IG Farben is really what plays a huge role in World War II. So like mm. it's still BASF because like IG Farben is made up of a bunch of like smaller companies. Yeah. And so like it's still is part of this, but that's it's one big company, and then they merged with the government during World War II to provide all of the chemicals that took place for the war and for Holocaust and uh-huh. for like, all of the horrible things of World War Two. So, and that's really its own story too. So like I was, because I had a hard time deciding where to end this, because yeah. it kind of kind of just keeps going, um, but with Haberbosch like, out of Germany, uh, the Haberbosch process out of Germany, I figured this was like a good place to stop. Um, to fast- flash forward to the modern day. The Haber-Bosch process has been described as the dent- detonator of the population explosion so um, the population in 1900 was 1.6 billion
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it is 7.7 billion by November of 2018 mm-hmm. right um, yeah which is just enormous um and people like there's an estimate of like nearly half of those people would not exist if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for this process or they they would have never existed yeah the agriculture like they either never would have existed or they Uh would have died of starvation Uh right um so uh nearly another estimate is that nearly 50 percent of the nitrogen found in human tissues is originally from the Haber-Bosch process oh that's a lot of nitrogen (laughs) Um, yeah, ammonia production in the modern time accounts for 1% of all CO2 emissions worldwide.
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a,
0: like, it's, I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but it's also not good.
1: Well, considering, like, it is literally one thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's not a, it's not like all cars ever, it's like one, Yeah. you know, piece of one it. One product. Um... For one percent of everything world, I mean that's a huge impact, really. Um, and like atmospheric de- de- um, atmospheric deposition of nitrates and ammonia are also affecting um, natural ecosystems, and it's leading to a higher emission of nitrous oxide. And nitrous oxide is the third most important greenhouse gas, following CO two and methane. Oh, uh,
0: okay.
1: So like. It's definitely it's, it's definitely a factor yeah. in, in global warming or climate change or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. <laughs> then the other thing it's doing to the, the leaching of these nitrates into groundwater, rivers, and ponds and lakes um, expand dead zones in coastal ocean waters that result from recurrent uh, eutrophication, which eutrophication is an excess richri- uh, richness of nutrients in the lake or other body of water and um, that's due to frequent runoff from the land which causes a dense growth of plant life and that dense growth of plant life ends up killing off all the animal life from the lack of oxygen Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I mean this process in about a hundred years has had like a massive effect on life as we know it today you know and so like the Haber-Bosch process itself isn't polluting the waters but because we're using all this artificial um, fertilizer in our farms that runoff is really rich in nitrogen, mm-hmm. and that's what's polluting and causing the issues in the water. Yeah. So, cause like you were asking about the plant, but it's really from the farming that is causing the pollution. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing too, because I know like
0: agriculture and farming is also a big contributor to global warming. Yes. Because we keep tearing down forests for farmland
1: yeah tearing down the forest for farmland
0: and then putting fertilizer in there that's running off into the natural water and yes
1: cool um yeah.
0: that's fun and good
1: <laughs> fun and good super cool great such a good time right um but yeah it's not like a happy ending i don't know like yay more i people mean is around. there ever
0: gonna be a happy ending um are we excited that there's more people around sometimes i don't feel that way
1: that's fair. A lot of people are like,
0: "There's too many people," which like, I mean, but there's really not, because there's enough resources. It's just
1: the distribution of resources is yes. the problem. And that that's always been my thing as like, cause people are like, "Oh, there's so many people starving," and I'm like, "That's because we just won't give them food." Yeah. Like, and there right. is the food. The food exists. Mm-hmm. And, that, and we were talking about Elon Musk earlier. Yeah. He put on a thing to the UN saying that if they gave him a plan, because it's they say like six, I think it's six billion will solve solve world hunger. Uh huh. And the UN was like we will give you a plan to show you where the $6 billion would go if you'll give us the $6 billion to end Mm. world hunger. And Elon, they gave him the plan, and Elon Musk did nothing. Yeah, because he didn't like it. Because he didn't, I don't know why he didn't. Because
0: he was never going to give up the money to begin with. No, because he doesn't really actually care about it. He just wants to posture like he does so that people will, don't even get me
1: started on that, (laughs) man. Yeah, so. um... Loser.
0: A worthless human being.
1: Yeah, uh, Elon Musk is, mm, ooh, uh, like, <laughs> I, I don't really want to punch anyone, but I kind of want to punch him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, on that, like, kind of depressing note, <laughs> <laughs> yay, we're done with Hobbit. We Bosch. Did it. We talked about- The saga. The, the saga. The trilogy. Um, but yeah, uh, how do you feel after all of this? Um,
0: smarter and dumber at the same time. Like, I I feel like I get most of the points and I understand where it goes in history. Because, like I kind of talked about before, I never think of science in the context of history. I always think of science, like, doing its own thing. But, of course, there's obviously always, like, political influences and, like, um, societal influences on science. Yes. Um, but I also feel dumb because I really don't know. Like, I'm like, I don't know how... I know the practical application of this, but I don't know how I use this, like, in my life. Yeah. I don't know if there is a practical application, but, like... Well, I mean, I can I can explain it to other people now, so I could be like, hey, this is why there's so many people, and that's why
1: this is important, like, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, where, where some of this pollution is coming yeah. from, because, like... Um, I feel like there's a lot of like focus on pollution coming from like individual people and individual things. Where it's always it's like, from industry, and, and yeah, a lot, most of it's from industry. Yeah. and like the trying majority. to cut down. So on when they
0: it, try to be like, "Hey, don't water your yard." Hey, how about don't um, drill into the ground and waste gallons and gallons of fresh water to do that? And I can water my yard whenever I want to. Use. that about mother? <laughs> That's not a curse word. <laughs> Everyone's a son of a mother. Well, some people, you know. I was
1: gonna say, Seahorse dads exist. That is true. We're gonna confuse a lot of people think, by <laughs> talking about that. But um thank that's you. That's for another episode. Yeah, that's for another episode. Uh that's really biology. That's not my world. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, if you're listening to this and you like biochemistry, I'm gonna do so bad at everything biochemistry. Biochem- <laughs> it is just not my language. I don't like that part. <laughs> Um, I like my medals, and metals are toxic, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you all for coming on, um, do you want to plug some Instagrams and such
0: now? Oh, yeah, follow, um, Laugh Hub City Up Comedy on Facebook, follow Laugh Hub City underscore official on Instagram, I don't remember the Twitter, find Laugh Hub City on Twitter. Find us on Twitter. Somehow. I post, like, once a month, because I forget to do
1: it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Join us uh, next time, and we'll talk about Liza Meitner. And we'll have a follow-up on Bosch, like, Bosch Part 2, because he comes into Liza he Meitner. He makes like, a cameo. Um, yeah, he does make a cameo. So, <laughs> but exit music here. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Apoptosis going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm
1: made of stardust and chemistry. Of stardust and chemistry.